Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. I'm Danielle Akuye. Our two experts on today's show here for the full hour. Joining me via Skype is Grady Wolf from Bell Direct. Hi, Grady. And Howard Coleman from A Team Invest. Welcome, Howard. Thank you so much for joining. Okay, let's get on to the first five stocks of the day. And the stocks picked by you are Patriot Battery Metals, Burgundy Diamonds, Diamond Mines, Mayday Ingham's Cedarwood Properties. However, let's check in on stock of the day, which is Zero. And accounting software company Zero posted a net profit of over New Zealand $54 million for the half year ended September the 30th compared to a net loss of just over 16 million in the first half of full year 23. Revenue increased 21% to almost New Zealand 800 million, while earnings before interest taxation, depreciation and amortization rose 90% to a little over New Zealand 206 million. And as we can see, the market putting a, well, a finger down or fingers down to Zero's report today. So let's check in Grady with you. What are your thoughts on Zero? Absolutely. Well, Zero's results today, they did seem kind of impressive at first glance. And obviously the company had that cost cutting measure at the start of the year by cutting a lot of their headcount. So that's a move in the right direction in this high cost environment. But at the same time, looking at the analyst point of views across the board, they the results are actually a miss of anal- what analysts were expecting. They're expecting quite a lot more growth, especially how aggressively the company was cost cutting earlier this year. Now, um, the company is, uh, kind of trading on a PE between 60 to 80 times, which implies high growth outlook. And the, the stock has always been priced in with a really high growth outlook. So with understanding that and any miss in, any slight miss in earnings, it just goes to show that the uh, market would definitely punish the company for, for such a result. So as we saw today, the earnings was a slight miss. So naturally the market is uh, definitely punishing zero today. Okay, Grady, um, given that it is expensive and they've had a bit of a, a miss, um, what would be possibly an alternative? Uh, sorry, a bit of a fastball question while we fix a technical hitch here with Howard. Um, That's okay. Um, at the moment in the tech sector for us, it's technology one is the growth outlook one for us. And we've just upgraded it from a hold to a buy. And we like that because their software as a service, it's a niche company, it's a massive company, and they've been able to prove their growth records. So we really are looking forward to their results coming out on the 21st of November, and that will definitely secure our buy should they come in as expected. But they were looking to, th- I think it was to get about 500 million annual recurring revenue by FY26, but we're expecting that to come forward. So technology one's the one on our radar for the tech sector at the moment. But 
for as for Zero to hold at this level because the company is a very strong company. They do have a high growth outlook in the US market and they're really aggressively attacking that over the coming years. And they have said that today in the report. So we like that outlook for the US and the growth opportunity there. But at this level, given it was an earnings miss, miss naturally the market was uh, punishing it today. Oh yes, it's it's not really the, the, the time at the moment when companies miss. Howard, would be Zero be one that you would be looking at? No, not really. I mean, it's, it's made profits only in three of 10 years. Um, and when you invest, you want to invest in a business that's profitable because as a shareholder, you share in the profits of the business. If we then look at... Uh, what was actually a good report compared to its previous reports, let's assume that that six months holds for the whole year. That would mean they would make about $110 million, just around numbers, for the year. They're on a $17 billion market cap. So, you know, most viewers and I personally don't cope easily with numbers in billions. So an easy way to look at it is to knock off three zeros from the market cap and knock off three zeros from the earnings. And ask yourself the question, if I bought this entire company, would I be prepared to pay $17 million for a company that makes $110,000 in profit a year? Mm. And I've run a lot of private companies that have run a, made a hell of a lot more mm. than $110,000 a year. And never in our wildest dreams when we were making that amount of money did we think we were worth $17 million. Mm. So it's just ludicrous that this is the case. And when you look at where the world is at the moment, when you look at what's happened with WeWork and with FTX... That's WeWorked now. Yes, WeWorked. <laughs> well said. Uh, we once worked. Um, and uh, FTX and others. Um, this whole concept of free money, which enabled absurd non-businesses that don't make profits to have market caps that were in the stratosphere, that's come to an end. And effectively... Zero is certainly a better company than those two companies, but to be at a market cap of somewhere around 17 billion or 16 yeah. billion now after the drop today is still crazy. So no, we, we team invest members would look at this and say it makes no sense. Okay, so you wouldn't be a holder, you wouldn't be a no. buyer, would you be a seller? Well, if you owned it, yes, but I can't imagine any of our team invest members own it, but if there are any viewers owning it, our team invest members, I'm sure, would say, don't own it. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> well, there we go. Certainly not cheap when you put it in that context, Howard. Okay, let's get right on to our first stock of the day, which is Patriot Battery Metals, ticker code PMT, picked by Peter. Now, Grady, you are over in Western Australia, but Patriot from memory is actually over in Canada, although the CEO, I believe, used to be part of the Pilbara team. Uh, what are your yes. thoughts? I actually spoke to um, Ken Brinsden, the chairman, to, uh, on Monday whilst during my time here in WA, and he's very bullish on the outlook. And the way he his experience and he's bringing his experience from Pilbara Minerals and other companies to uh, obviously from Atlas Iron as well to Patriot Battery Metals, it just goes to show that with such an experienced team, they know what they're doing. They're, they've done it before, and he's really excited because this is an area that's new to his portfolio in the lithium space, obviously in James Bay, Quebec, and that's exactly where everyone in the world is looking right now. It's a saturated market in WA. All the lithium miners are kind of taken and all of the key areas of Kathleen Valley and Pilbara Minerals are all taken up by obviously those respective companies. But 
everyone is looking to uh, James Bay Quebec now. The company has a low debt or low to no debt at the moment. Um, they've just announced their maiden resource. It's unknown timeline to production just yet, but they've just announced they have the eighth largest resource in the world of hard rock lithium. And so that just goes to show the potential for this company. It's a massive, massive scale operation. And the geolocation of it, of their um, obviously assets in that area just goes to show you it's so close to the North American growing EV market. So haulage and all of the um, the, the costs are low to get the takes off. Um, I spoke to Ken about offtake agreements because in mining that's such a big thing and he said that they are on the horizon and they're, they're definitely going some chat with people down the line. Um, so that's obviously some news that we're expecting future but again this company is just phenomenal albemarle just bought in as well and as we know albemarle pay from that off takeover offer block takeover off from line town so the fact that they have this um this interest in now vested interest in patriot battery metal shows there's something seriously good on the metals. so for me it's actually a buy rating okay Maybe it's an opportunity given uh, how much some of these lithium stocks have fallen. And I was just having a look. Patriot Metals is is not being immune to uh, really what seems to be an oversupply in the market at the moment, Grady, when it comes to spodumen and things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Now, Howard, I have a sneaking suspicion this may not be up your (laughs) straza. No, it's definitely not. Um, for two reasons. I mean, firstly, at this stage, it's only really an explorer developer. So it's found a resource. Hooray. Now it's going to have to ask shareholders for a massive amount of money in order to develop that resource. So it's not going to be giving any money to shareholders. It's going to be going cap in hand to shareholders doing capital raisings because it's going to have to raise a lot of money. The second thing is, as Grady mentioned, everybody's wanting to get into lithium. Now, History shows when everybody wants to get into anything, that's usually the sign that it's a bubble, it's too late, and it's probably the smartest thing to do is to not be in it. Um, But the (laughs) other thing with it is, you know, in the far distant past, I was once upon a time a physicist. Oh, wow. Um, uh, it's, It's a long, long, long time ago, and I certainly wouldn't say that I'm up to date with anything that's going on in physics today. But in that long distance past, Lithium, uh, I remember learning, was the third most common element in the universe. Mm, It's very abundant. Far more common than iron ore, far more common than copper, uh, many, many, many times far more common than gold, etc. So it's not surprising that people keep making lithium discoveries. As we joke in team invest meetings, if among our 500 team invest members, if we all dug a hole in our back garden, somebody would come up with lithium at a reasonable amount, uh, you know, four to six percent that you could actually turn into a profit. There's lithium in the sea. Somebody's going to figure out how to get that out uh, at some point in time. So this is a short term wonder that will probably turn out to be one of these bubbles that the people who get in early will make money. The people who get in late will lose money. But it's totally speculative. And in the long term, lithium prices are not going to be anywhere near where they are today. There's just too much of it in the world. Yeah, well, clearly the market needs to rationalise, doesn't it? There's just, you know, it seems to be too many players. And that's typical as well, isn't it? When you get a new industry and everybody gets into it, then it has to rationalise for the the, the winners to, to come out the other end. Yeah, well, one of the things you need for a bubble Um, which later on bursts or deflates, depending on how much time it takes to go down again, is you need a new story. 
And lithium is one of the new stories. AI is the other one at the moment. Yeah. So we've got those two stories. They'll probably land up in being bubbles. And somewhere down the track, people look back and say, wow, a lot of people lost a lot of money in that. Oh, there we go. It's been thrown out there to, uh, to the viewers. AI is at a bubble, but that's for another day. So that's an avoid, I think, a big avoid from Howard. Is that correct? Oh, yes, Howard very and much I so. Go so well together. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let's move on to the second stock, which is Burgundy Diamond Mines, ticker code BDM, picked by <coughs> Tyler. Now, of course, Grady, we do know diamonds are a girl's best friend, but is Burgundy? <laughs> They absolutely are. And I didn't know too much about this company before hearing it from Tyler on the call today, but it's uh, we've actually got a buy rating on it. So and a price target of 50 cents per share. Now, the company actually acquired a key asset, the Akati Mine, a diamond mine in Canada's Northwest Territories uh, just this year. And that was for a bit for the mine was first developed by BHP in the late 1990s. Now, the diamond sales in 2022 at this mine were 4.2 million carats, uh, making it a top 10 global producer. So obviously diamonds are going, diamonds are a girl's best friend, so there'll always be a need for diamonds. But um, with the emergence of man-made diamonds in the world at the moment, I think there's a different, a a bit of competition at the moment because a lot of, we've got a high cost of living environment. And so a lot of people are opting for the alternative of uh, man-made diamonds and lab-made diamonds. Um, so that's kind of a pressure on this company at the moment. But moving forward, we do have a strong outlook for the company. Their first quarter sales were quite were lower than expected for um, than Bell Potter expectations. But again, the company has an improved net cash position of 68 million US dollars. We're expecting material improvement in the second quarters and beyond moving forward. Um, we The outlook is really strong. They've got a really experienced management team that's at the helm of the Burgundy Diamond Mine. So, yeah, we're pretty strong about this. And um, obviously, naturally, Russia and African nations ca- account for about 80% of the world's diamond mines. So given that this company is in Canada, it kind of de-risks it on an ESG front naturally. So that's another positive for the company, and that's why we have a bullish outlook. So, yeah, buy rating at the moment. Oh, it's interesting what you were saying about synthetic diamonds. I was speaking to a diamond specialist in New York a couple of weeks back, which was really interesting for another program, The Wealthy Effect. And they were saying that those synthetic diamond prices have absolutely collapsed. Hmm. And De Beers went into the market, quite clever, and started producing them. But, you know, they're probably, well, I have no idea, but maybe they oversupplied the market in the synthetics. And lo and behold, suddenly diamonds are worth, the real McCoy's worth something now, Grady. Exactly. And I think a lot of people, it was kind of a fad two years ago that everyone was opting for the lab made diamonds because they looked exactly the same. But I don't think enough people have seen the, like, the outlook for them and they haven't been around long enough to see whether they do tarnish, whether they maintain their value. We just don't know. So I think a lot of people, it's a kind of cyclical nature at the moment. We're down in the low where people are opting back for the diamonds out of the ground. So that puts our burgundy in a really positive position. Okay, great. Now, Howard, this one does make money or is forecast to make money according to my estimates on FN Arena. Yeah, well, it's forecast to make money. Um, (laughs) All all companies that are raising capital always forecast to make money. But there were 77 million shares on offer 10 years ago. There's now 1.1 billion shares on (laughs) offer, which means they've raised capital from their shareholders Um, several times over the years. In fact, it looks like they've raised capital every year for the last five years. So that's not what we look for when we're investing in something in Team Invest. 
Um, in terms of, by the way, the, the beautiful uh, expression that everybody remembers, Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Uh, I think it was the movie was Breakfast at Tiffany's. That was actually paid for by De Beers. Mm, so De Beers yeah. sponsored that to turn Diamonds to Very being clever. a girl's best friend. Very clever from a marketing point of view. So, you know, I'm sure there'll continue to be a market for Diamonds. But in the end, uh, you know, the, the, does this company look like it's going to be a wealth winner? No. Does it look like it's going to be asking money, uh, shareholders for more money periodically? Yes. Uh, on that basis, Team Invest <laughs> members would say, forget it. You only need about 20 companies in your portfolio. You can pick better than this. And I was waiting for the physicist to come out in terms I of could. it's only a lump of carbon. It is only a lump of carbon <laughs> and the one made in the laboratory should be indistinguishable from the one made in the ground because oh, it's extreme heat and extreme pressure on a lump of carbon. I know, but then it's the little blue box, hey, or the little oh, red absolutely. box. But we're, yeah, not dis- we're not discussing luxury brands. No, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm all for brands have a value. So, you know, diamonds uh, have a very high perceived value and it's unlikely that'll change in a hurry. Exactly. Okay. So that's, a, I'm, I'm guessing, another avoid from Howard. Okay. Definitely. Let's move on to the third stock, which is MADA, ticker code MAD, picked by Evelyn. Um, this is a really interesting company from Memory Grady. What do you think of it? Yeah, it's a, it's a really strong company, to put it that way. It's a leading specialised contract labourer for maintenance of heavy mobile equipment. And it was founded in Perth, where I am right now, back in 2005. And it's actually become a leading provider. And it's the largest independent heavy mobile equipment labour provider in Australia, um, outside of the original equipment manufacturers, obviously. So they've expanded into the US and Canada. They've got global presence now. So that's obviously a massive tick for a lot of investors. Um, We've actually got a hold rating on them with a price target of $7.05. Now, the company continues to go from strength to strength. They are on track to achieve their reaffirmed FY24 guidance. We're expecting a really strong quarter ahead with demand increasing in the North American segment. So that goes to show that there is global demand for their services at the moment. Um, And we've obviously seen a rebound as well in the mining sector in Perth, Western Australia. And that just goes to show strong demand for infrastructure for maintenance, rail and ancillary services in Australia. So they are continuing to uh, expand in Australia and really capitalise on the mining uh, boom that's here right now with a lot of uh, lithium naturally and um, the rail services, getting all of the ore products back to the ports again. Um, and so, and then it, obviously we've got Canada as well. So their expansion globally is a real big positive, but at this level, we just see that they're, um, they're Sticking along really well, and their price is factored into their what we're expecting. So yeah, it's a whole rating at this level. Fair enough. Um, from memory, Howard, I think the chairman or the founder owns quite a lot of stock on this one as well. It's quite a liquid, but it has been a very good performer. So yeah. would it tickle Team Invest's fancy? Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that it hasn't been listed long enough for yeah. us to really know how it would cope in downtimes, uh, it's got high return on equity. As Grady says, it's a strong company in terms of its balance sheet looking good. Uh, so this isn't a story, this is a real business. Um, if yeah. return on equity has been over 30% a year, which is terrific, it's got a small amount of debt, but nothing particularly high passes our filters. And earnings have been growing very steadily, which is one of the most important things we look for because those companies are the most predictable. So. 
the only uh, little fly in the ointment, and I'm pointing out only a little fly in the ointment, is it's somewhat expensive at the moment. It's on a PE ratio of about 37, mm. which for a mining services type company is pretty high. And it's been every year uh, on a PE ratio of as low as less than 18 at some point in the year each year. So, you know, we uh, uh, you wouldn't want to be buying it when you're paying a PE of 37. But is this a good business? Well, other than it's got a relatively short history, it does look terrific. And if you could get it at a price 20, 30% less than what it currently is today, uh, probably a buy. So if you own it, I'd say a hold, um, but I wouldn't go out and buy it at these prices. Howard, is that a, um, a re- retrospective PE? Because I'm yes. looking, it is. So I've got it on about 27 and a half times 24 earnings, and we're almost halfway through, I think, if it's a cal- if it's a junior end. Yeah, we never use yeah, forward PE you earnings. Don't do forward. Simply because there's a certain amount of guesswork in knowing if they're yeah. correct or not. Yeah. So we always refer, and all the comparisons I'm giving are always based on okay. the past year. Okay. Uh, so, so at the moment it's too expensive so what a buy on weakness would yeah, you okay absolutely well i probably wouldn't simply because it's history is still a little bit short for me and yeah. most team invest members but it, all the metrics look terrific okay fair enough let's move on to the fourth stock which is ingham's ticker code ing picked by carrie now uh chooks brady are you into your chooks we love our chooks and Australians do love their chooks. Their FY23 results were very impressive, but we've actually recently downgraded uh, Ingham's from a buy to a hold at this level and a price target of $3.95. Now, there's a few reasons for this. Their FY23 results were very strong. There's no denying that. Um, operating revenue was up 12% to $3.04 billion. Underlying EBITDA was 36% higher and above Bellpot expectations. Underlying NPAT was up 68%. So these things are really, these are really strong factors. But at the same time, <clears throat> there's a lot to factor in moving forward. So with the um, the first half earnings guidance that came out recently, it's just there's a few earnings drivers, a few tailwinds are turning to headwinds. So what we've got is that underlying uh, NPAT of 71 uh, 71 million, topped at Bellpot expectations of 51 million. Um, but we're expecting a slowdown in the second half, which is naturally um, across the years. It's a seasonal uh, cyclical low for Ingham's and other poultry producers. So understanding that we are heading into the second half now or soon, and um, that just goes to show the company is expecting a bit of a downturn. Um, Feed cost inflation is actually higher as well right now. And really interestingly, while chicken prices came down during uh, COVID, the COVID era, while lamb and beef prices were higher, it's actually reversed right now. So lamb and beef, beef prices are contracting at the same time that chicken prices are rising to combat the, the rising inflation of feed costs. So a lot of Australians are switching to the alternative proteins in lamb and beef at the moment. And that's why we're seeing a bit of downturn in the volumes and the demand for chicken. So... Understanding that is uh, we're expecting a bit of a um, a bit of a downturn in the second half, so that's why we're holding at these levels. But we do expect the company is a strong company. There's no denying that it's number one poultry producer in Australia, the leading supplier of chickens to the likes of KFC and other companies like uh, other chicken companies. So with that in mind, they are a very strong company. But we yeah, it's a it's a hold at this level just because we're expecting a bit of downturn in the second half. Fair enough, Howard. Yeah. Um- I mean, when I look at the debt levels of this company, um, 
if I was the CEO or a board member, my heart would be in my mouth. In <laughs> fact, if I was a board member, I'd resign um, and rather go somewhere else so I didn't land up being the one who, or one of those who had to explain this later on when a problem mm. happened. I mean, their debt equity position is a little bit better than it was a year before, but it's 940% wow. as at the end of the last financial year. And interest rates are rising. Mm. So, you know, when money is free, we've gone through this absurd period where money was free. Mm. Debt was not a problem. Mm. But debt in the long term is a problem in any business. And there are really only a couple of ways they're going to be able to solve this. Uh, one of which is don't pay any dividends, the, mm. but that's probably not going to be enough. And the other one is to uh, uh, do a capital raising. So at some point in time, I would expect this company is going to have to do something like yeah. that. Now, can they carry on without doing that? Possibly. But you don't invest on possibly, you invest on wanting to be at least 80, 85% certain that your hypothesis is a safe one for you. Um, Yes, they've got terrific market share. Yes, we Australians like to eat our chicken. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, would I want to invest in a company with 943% debt equity? No, I wouldn't want to invest in a company with more than 100% debt equity. Yeah, yeah. So from a team invest perspective, this is so way outside our debt filters that we would just look at it and shut out. Most of us have run companies before, um, private or, or been on boards of listed companies, yeah. and you see that level of debt and you say, I shudder, I, I wouldn't want to be involved. Absolutely. Back to uh, financial statements 101 in a higher Absolutely. interest rate environment. Okay, let's move on to the fifth stock, which is Cedar Woods Properties, ticker code CWP, picked by Logan. And I think this from memory is actually in Western Australia too, but I stand to be corrected, mm, Grady. No, you are correct. It is um, a, a lot of WA companies today. Lucky I'm here to see them. <laughs> um, we have a buy rating on Cedar Woods at the moment with a price target of $5.20 now. It's a leading national developer of residential communities and commercial projects. And in a time where we've got a housing crisis and in WA, there's a lot of builders going under, Cedar Woods is remaining very resilient and uh, very strong in this current market environment. Um, they've actually got a number of projects coming off, uh, coming to completion at the moment. So Subiaco is uh, one that just finished and I actually know some people who bought some of the houses there and they're absolutely phenomenal and they've come in uh, on time, on budget and that's exactly what you want to see in a building, in a time of a building crisis. Now in the first quarter of FY23, sales momentum continued to grow um, but they do have some uncertainty naturally in this current market where we're seeing um, high headwind in the building prices right now. So. Without that certainty of um, an outlook, it is tough to look at the company um, moving forward and grow, but um, it's understandable that at this time they are having a tough time and to produce any outlook. But um, gross sales continue to go with uh, 316 properties sold in the first quarter compared to 219 in the prior corresponding period. So that's a really good sales growth momentum on that front, in, especially in the times we're in right now. Um, they had pre-sales reached over 500 million in the quarter, so that's another big pick for us. And regional sales have remained buoyant in WA, so it's just going to show that a lot of people are actually moving out of central WA and opting for the farming or the um, regional lifestyle, so uh, in this high cost of living environment. Um, the company also has lower, uh, had lower sales in South Australia and Queensland where it operates as well, but this is expected to continue to recover over the coming uh, months. 
Then we look into South Australia. They've actually got a contract with Tokyo Gas Real Estate to develop 59 apartments in the Glenside development. So having contracts really help a company like this to kind of weather the storm that we're in housing prices right now. Then we've got in Melbourne, they've got a um, Williams Landing shopping centre sale as well with the company. That's hoped to be achieved by the end of FY24. So again, they've got a lot in the pipeline, so they can weather this storm right now. So we do have a buy rating on them um, until we see some clarity as well. We want to see clarity for the next years, but we do like them at these levels and they're continuing to grow. So against all odds, they are growing and that's exactly what we want to see. So a buy rating at the moment. Okay, now Howard, housing yeah. very cyclical. It is, but this is one of these examples where something is cyclical, but if you're one of the strong players, yeah. when it's cyclical, you do very well indeed yeah. because your competitors go broke. Yes. And that's exactly what's happening with Cedarwoods at the moment. They've got a land bank of about 10 years worth of land that they can develop on between WA, South Australia, Queensland and Victoria. They don't have anything in New South Wales that I'm aware of. But in total, they've got a land bank that at current sales levels will last them 10 years. That's all paid mm. for. It's got a little bit of debt, but that debt's backed by land that's worth many times what the uh, debt is. So their balance sheet uh, is stronger than it looks at first glance because you, you've got all that land. Um, and of course, we know that builders, uh, whenever the economy turns down and interest rates rise, the two biggest categories that go broke are construction companies mm. and retail. So we've already seen quite a few construction companies go broke. There's more coming, I'm sure. I'm actually on the board of a construction company, so I get to see it. We're doing fine, but we're already hearing of lots of our competitors yeah. that aren't. Um, so. Uh, Cedarwoods is bound to, in the short term, have a little bit of a tough time, as Grady pointed out. You know, at the moment, people are being a little bit careful about making decisions on buying. But in the longer term, um, with far fewer competitors out there, they should be celebrating. And they already have the land. They don't have to go out and find yeah, land. That's huge. They've got land for years. So, um, you know. Are we going to hear a buy, Howard? Um, well, uh, certainly at these prices, pro probably yes. Yeah. Uh, the last couple of days it's gone up a bit, so you could probably get it a little bit cheaper than it is. Um, I have owned this for okay. a long time. Um, very recently, I reduced my exposure when it was, up, which I very rarely do in any company, I normally stay in them forever. But uh, it got up to nearly $6 and I right. sold out most of my holdings. So I've got a relatively small holding in it. But it's an extraordinarily well-run company. And I think, in, you know, people who buy it today, if they prepare to be patient, mm. they're probably not going to make much money out of it in the next six months or a year. But it pays a dividend. And in five years' time, they'll probably look back at it and say, wow, that was a good buy. Yeah, well, typically with a company that's this cyclical, buying it at the bottom of mm, the cycle of is always a great time. Absolutely. Like resource companies, when they're on triple-digit yeah. multiples or double-digit multiples, you buy it. And when they're on the single digit, you panic and yeah. get out. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as lithium, which we talked about earlier, is concerned, when, when the media is filled with stories about how lithium is a disaster and everybody's losing fortunes in lithium and they're all regretting they got into it. That's the time to be buying lithium mines. 
even I could get ticked at that stage. <laughs> there we go. Okay, let's uh, look at uh, the stock of the day and sum up. And it is zero. And I was just having a look. It is off by over nine percent. So the market really not liking this result. Um, when it came to Grady, she has a hold on a zero today, and actually a preference for Technology One, which Bell Potter have just recently upgraded to a buy. Um, Howard, look, the company it might have uh, reported profits this time round but at the end of the day it is just how did I ludicrously overpriced I think was an appropriate way to describe a zero so I'm sorry folks that is a non-starter for today but let's crack on with the five stocks picked by you so Patriot uh, Metals I was about to say Patriot Missiles that's a terrible slip (laughs) isn't it Um, but uh, basically Grady has a buy on that one she has actually just been speaking with the chairman who is ex Pilbara X uh, Atlas Iron Ore and uh, look very upbeat likes the fact that they're positioned over in Quebec I think it was one of the eighth largest hard rock Elysium uh, mines potentially in the world so very bullish on that one for Howard it's too much of a story rather than a actual producing company so he has an avoid on that one uh, Burgundy Diamonds well really again Howard uh, pretty much a hold I mean excuse me an avoid on that one because the company has been raising a huge amount of capital over the last five years for Grady they have a buy rating and a 50 cent per share price target on that one just citing the fact that when it comes to geopolitical risk burgundy diamonds uh, mines are located in Canada and so it does alleviate some of the ESG or geopolitical risk from the other major diamond suppliers which is Russia and South Africa looking at Maida so really good company um, for Howard it's only been listed since 2005 so possibly not long enough uh, 2020 it's been actually oh 20 20 was yeah, it? Oh, sorry. Been around since. It's been around since, been around since oh, before. Oh, okay. Sorry. Founded 2005. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So only been listed. So that's not long enough for team invest to buy into. But nevertheless, really high return on equity. Uh, very good company. Steady earnings growth at the moment. It's just a bit too expensive, but possibly one to put on your radar. And in terms of a Grady, just a leading provider here. Heavy equipment, labour provider. The expansion globally is great. But again, pricing just a little bit rich at the moment so a hold Ingham's chicken so they've come out with a really strong first half result or half year result for full year or full year 23 result which was really impressive um, Bell Potter is downgraded from a buy to a hold because it is quite cyclical and the upcoming half yearly results are typically a little bit weaker for Howard just far too heavily indebted so he would not go near it now Cedar Woods Properties we actually have a double buy from both of our guests on this one. I'll just put a caveat that Howard uh, did, I suppose, uh, sell some of the stock around $6. He's held it for a long while. Possibly feels you could get it a little bit cheaper. It may not perform in the next 6 to 12 months, but nevertheless, looking very attractive. Quality company, uh, great track record, but most importantly, has a land bank for 10 years. And Grady also really upbeat, Bell Potter upbeat on that one, a buy rating 
in a $520 price target. Now let's crack on. And the call is looking at our own high conviction fund, which is picked by an investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at ausbiz.com. So let's check in with the portfolio update. And going into November, what one 1% was trimmed from MA Financial and added to Challenger. And let's see how the portfolio is performing. So far, our fund is 6.04% on a cumulative return basis since inception on March 1st, 2022. So keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Okay, let's crack on with the next five stocks and we have electro optic systems brickworks mineral resources bigger cheese and a pentanet okay let's get the first stock which is the stock number six is electro optic systems ticker code eos and that's picked by alexi so howard what do you think of this one yeah um it, it, what it's doing sounds rather interesting mm. so uh, uh it's what we would call a company with a great story but the problem is it doesn't make a profit. So until the story turns into being a business, uh, it's not a company that anybody in Team Invest would be particularly interested in. It's lost money the last three years. Um, it's raised some extra capital, not a huge amount, but the number of shares on issues up about 50% over the last five years or so. Um, obviously doesn't have a PE ratio because it's not making any profits. And, um, you know, when you look at a company that's losing money, um, the best thing to do is to say, I can invest my money somewhere better than that. Yeah. Uh, so from a team invest point of view, it would be a pass. But um, when you consider that much of what it does is related to defense and when you see what's going on around the world, mm. um, that's probably a good area to be in, but not if you can't make a profit. So uh, uh, definitely an avoid from us. Okay, Grady. It's a spec buy from us just because, as Howard said, with what's going on geopolitically around the world, it's a very tough time uh, globally. And a lot of countries are reassessing what their outlook is, their spend on defence. And so a company like Electro-Optic Systems is really in a favourable position to benefit from this. Now, they have two distinct divisions, the EOS Defence Systems and EOS Space Systems. And they actually have contracts executed in Europe, in the US, Ukraine, and um, their Australia as well. So understanding that they have contracts so we want to see contracts with these kind of companies because that's obviously the key driver of their revenue now. In their, their third quarter update, they released um, an appendix and a third quarter update detailing strong cash flow. Receipts from customers totaled $96.9 million, which is actually strong for a company like this. It's a very niche company, so understanding that um, they are executing uh, their contracts, so that's a good thing. And year to date, their contracts are worth $220 million in revenue for the company. And that's a great thing. Now they've got improving cash as well. They're paying down debt. So that's another two positives for us. Um, they have eight, they delivered 80 RWS, which is two of the, one of their products um, through Western Europe uh, through a contract value of $51 million a quarter. And that's a really strong uh, update from the company. So given they've got a, um, they've also got a Royal Australian Navy contract but worth $202 million over seven years. So with that annual recurring revenue coming through and a seven year pipeline for the delivery of that contract and worth $200 million, it's good to see that they have resilience on a revenue front. So with all that in mind, um, as Howard said, it is a loss making business and that's expected to continue until at least a CY25. 
And so with that in mind, that's why we've got a speculative buy rating, but it is in the right place at the right time. Okay, makes and, sense. And just a little yeah. bit to uh, tease Grady a little bit on this. You can't say a loss-making business. You can say a loss-making company if, if it's a business that's got to make a profit. <laughs> Otherwise, it doesn't have a business model that's profitable. Indeed, indeed. It's a loss-making business. No, company. Company, company. That's it. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully not all, yes, defence businesses are loss-making. Okay, now the seventh stock is Brickworks, ticker code BKW, picked by Akash. Now, I have a sneaking suspicion. Maybe you like this one, Howard? Yes, I mean, it's not what we would call a wealth one in that it's not really exciting. But, you know, if you have your money in Brickworks, it's been wonderfully looked after by the Milners and their board yeah. forever and a day. I mean, for longer than we've been around just about, you know. Um, it, it never shoots the lights out. But on the other hand, uh, it's in uh, bricks, obviously, which are needed all the time if we're going to be building, although there's a slightly lower proportion of bricks used in overall building in Australia than there used to be as we've switched to some alternative materials. They're in the US as well, um, where they've got some brickworks there. Um, but they also have, of course, which all brick making companies have, land mm. that they used to get the clay from to make the bricks. That is now valuable land because it's close to all the cities. And together with Goodman Group, they're developing that land and making lots of money out of that. Also own a share in Sol Patterson, so they get the benefit of that diversification. So, you know, if you were choosing a board and management team to look after your money, um, you're very, very safe indeed um, with Brickworks or Sol Patterson. So the only question then becomes, is it at a reasonable price? And um, its PE ratio is not all that high. Um, uh, its, its earnings for the last year, probably a little bit inflated, may not do quite as well this coming year um, because there was a bit of property revaluation yeah. in that. But, you know, solid business, you, the kind of thing you can put your money into, leave the share certificates if there were any nowadays <laughs> in the bottom drawer and forget about them for years. And you'll know that the dividend will be slightly increasing every year, a uh, little bit faster than inflation, but not much. And your money's safe as anything. Yeah. And it would if you had to choose between Soul Pats or Brickworks? Do you... Oh, look, I think either would be great. Uh, probably if you um, prepared to take a little bit more uh, risk uh, risk in, in the terms of those two companies is only relative because there's very little risk in either mm. of them. Um, for slightly better return, Sol Patterson probably, um, because Brickworks is tied to one part of the industry, yeah. which is bricks, yeah. which is probably not going to see a, an increasing market share in bricks. But either of those two companies, uh, uh, whenever their share price is showing weakness, Everybody if you're being buys. very conservative as an investor, it's a good idea to buy in those. Fair enough. Okay, Grady, what are you thinking about Brickworks? Yeah, it's a buy rating at the moment. This company is a very strong company. It has a long history since 1961. It was listed on the ASX. And we have a price target of $28.50 per share. So that's been slightly downgraded recently to account for some headwinds, obviously, in the building sector in Australia. But um, it actually, as um, Howard correctly said, it has a 26.1% stake in Washington HL Patterson. So that's a key driver of revenue for the company, especially given that Washington H. Pat has a key interest in New Hope Corporation, so the thermal coal miner. And um, given the energy crisis we had last year, thermal coal was the in energy driver. 
Um, so that diversifies what your exposure is, investment, rubric works, because you're getting the revenue from that as well, getting exposure to thermal coal mining from uh, Washington H. Selpat. So it's a company, it's a diversified company. And so with the, obviously a key driver of the company is naturally bricks. And we know there's a crisis in Australia, there's a backlog of building in Australia, um, and the cost of bricks has gone up. So naturally the price of bricks has gone up as well. So this is obviously a key driver of revenue for the company and, and that's not set to come down anytime soon. So there is tail experience, especially in WA and South Australia. So those kind of key industry, key regions in Australia that we're seeing the back build. Um, and that really puts them in a really favourable position heading into the new financial year. So with that in mind, they also, as Howard said, they've got land banks. So having land on your hands right now is exactly what you want to hear for any company. Uh, a lot of Aussies, that, like myself, are jealous of that because uh, land values are so high right now. So, yeah, it's a really strong company. Um, they've got backlog uh, in Australia. So, yeah, they're not going to have trouble with anything. That really high. Fantastic. Okay. Now let's move on to the eighth stock, which is mineral resources, ticker code MIN, picked by Simon. Okay. What do you think about MinRes? Well, I personally own it and I've owned it for many, many, many years um, when it was entirely a um, mining services provider and they weren't at all dependent on um, commodity prices. The company's become distinctly more risky over the years as they've been more and more dependent on commodity prices for parts of their revenue, both iron ore and lithium. And at the same time, it's also become much more capital intensive. So it didn't used to have any need for great capital expenditure when it was purely a mining services company. Now it does. So the company's changed enormously in its risk profiles in increased dramatically. Mm. But going by their past track record, one presumes they would continue to do what they've done in the past, which is build up something like a mine and then sell off that mine and keep the uh, production rights. So in other words, they'll run the mining services, they'll do the crushing, um, they'll do the sort of things that are guaranteed no matter about the price and sell it off, which is what they did uh, with part of their lithium um, in the past. Uh, I'm, I'm still a, an enthusiastic owner, but I would be much happier if I saw signs that they were getting out of some of the capital intensive things yeah. that they currently do. Huge amounts yeah. of money in expenditure coming up, and if uh, if they get their timing wrong, and iron ore prices and lithium prices drop dramatically before they reach the mm. point that they sell them off. Um, shareholders are going to land up regretting it. Share price got up to about $90 when, you know, to me it was ridiculously expensive and to Team Invest members. But at present, share prices, um, you know, it doesn't look all that expensive. So uh, right. if, you, if you're not in it, uh, it may well be a buy, but you are taking on a fair bit of risk in any mining and mining services. And now they so much into mining, not only mining services mm. business, but at least you've got the mining services base that's there behind it. I'm a very happy shareholder. I paid only about $5 something or other for them many years ago. So even at today's prices, I'm still way ahead. But uh, it did get up to a lot higher than it currently is. Okay, quite the pullback. So Grady, what are you thinking on MinRes? I wish I'd bought in at $5, Howard, but I am a shareholder as well. So I love, I naturally love MinRes. Um, it's strong company, strong management. 
you, you get to buy <laughs> things earlier. I wish I, had, I wish I'd bought in at five dollars. That's that's insane. But I definitely didn't buy in then. I'm actually uh, down a little bit at the moment, but I'm holding for the long run. Love the company. Um, Chris Ellison's doing an incredible job with the company. As you said, they're quite capital intensive right now, and they are expanding their project base. They've got quite a few projects on hand, and um, the mining services division is such a key revenue driver for the company in that it de-risks the company because they won't have to go to investors to capital raise. They've got funding coming through for each of their assets. So it's a very strategic and well-run business. And we know Chris Ellison has such a proven track record of delivering the goods. So um, what we're expecting the first quarter of 24 results for, uh, it's, it's a news-rich year coming up. So with a lot of updates on their project, the first quarter we're expecting shipping delays. Um, that which the company did before earlier, so that's already factored in. Um, naturally, they have weaker iron prices recently, um, kind of slow recovery post-pandemic. That is impacting the company. And obviously, the lithium battery has, has become as well. But the outlook for lithium is so strong. Um, EV demand become a really favorable position. Um, we're expecting their... Recovery in China, for the company and fair, and obviously expecting a lithium rebound. So again, given the that as operates in, they do such a strong company. I think. Okay, sorry, Grady, you're just dropping in and in and out a little bit there. That connection oh, through Double Bay, yeah, that's much better if you lean forward. But uh, okay, we yeah, that's much better if you come forward. You were just really dropping out. But I've got to oh, buy sorry. on the company and obviously impacted buy, yeah. by the, the the weaker lithium prices. And perhaps the yeah. only other thing we should mention that we didn't mm. is because of the big capital expenses coming up. They've done a lot of. Uh, debt raising yeah. so they now have a lot of debt which they've never had in yeah. the past um, I know Chris Ellison's not keen on debt so one presumes he's going to be selling something to get rid of the debt at some stage yeah. in the future but at the moment they've got a lot of debt yeah fair enough okay let's move on because uh, we don't want to run out of time and we shouldn't the ninth stock is bigger cheese ticker code BGA picked by Rochelle and Chris and Chris comments is this good value is the market cap below the asset value it looks cheap why does bigger struggle to uh, get the return on equity above 10% is this an unreal expectation well Howard it is yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's a bit of a well, almost a commodity. It's you know, that's agri. The that's the trouble, isn't <laughs> yes. it? I mean, we we all eat eat some of their products, I'm sure. But you know, its return on equity, uh, as the viewer asks, is low, and it's low because in the end, if you're a commodity producer and your two main customers are Woolworths and Coles, with possibly Aldi being the other big one and uh, uh, Metcash uh, stores yeah. being the other one. You're constantly being squeezed. So the moment you make a profit that looks half decent, you're going to get squeezed uh, for your prices. So it's very, very difficult to make money if you're what is largely a commodity producer with only three or four large clients who've got much more power than you. So uh, I wish Bega well. I like their products, um, or some of them at least that we buy, um, but uh, it's hard to ever imagine them proving a wealth winner. 
Yeah, and they've also got the the vagaries of the input costs, haven't oh, they? Course. I mean, yes. water, droughts, they get impacted Absolutely. by disease, all those terrible yeah. things. It's a really tough business yeah, for our dairy farmers. You know, in, in, in it's the kind of thing that we in Team Invest joke, would you like to run a company like this? And everybody in the room always shakes their head and says, yeah. no, I wouldn't like to run a company like this. Too tough. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Those uh, large, uh, well, the wolves, the, the Colesworths of the world possibly have something to answer for here anyway what do you think Grady yeah we have a buy rating on bigger cheeses we think it's a strong company naturally again it's one of those historical companies in Australia who has uh, such a strong proven history and it's a obviously leading supplier to uh, Woolworths and Coles so all of us eat our cheese and milk and dairy and we just love that so the company is strong as as Howard said they are cyclical they are cyclical and it's obviously a commodity so they um, fluctuate with different prices we are seeing ingredients prices higher at the moment but um, with that in mind heading into the second half of FY24 they are expected to ease a little bit and um Milk production is actually um, up in Australia at the moment. So in the last financial year, they were down. So given they are higher at the moment, um, we're expecting uh, a, a bit of demand increase of moving forward as well. So um, understanding all of that, we do love the company. They have a proven track record to buy on bigger cheese. Okay. So you'd buy the cheese as well as the cheese. I'm just buying the cheese. Yes, we, we might <laughs> stick to the cheese. Okay. I- I love the cheese. I'm a vegan girl. Okay. <laughs> Let's do uh, move on to the 10th stock, which is Pentanet, and the ticker code 5GG, picked by Sean. So, Howard. Yeah, um, doesn't make a profit. Been listed no. three years. Got very high negative return on equity. Um, you know... Uh, They're actually down heavily today, though, when I was looking too. I'm well, not I quite think... sure if it's anything to do with the... The Optus um, problem, yeah, they're down like ten percent today. Oh right. Mm. Well, I, well, I think overall, what's happening around the world is unprofitable companies yeah. are the ones being hit the most. Yeah, and that's not surprising because interest rates have gone up. Yeah. when money was free, you could keep on raising capital or, or debt. Yeah. Now that money's not free, it's these unprofitable companies that yeah. are going to turn into the capital killers. Yeah, and. Um, Nothing about this that Team Invest members would look at. Okay, Grady, uh, what do you guys think of it? It is a specy buy with us at the moment and a price target of 11 cents. Now, as you can see, that it has been battered over the last five years. And I think given the um, nature of technology back in 2020 and everyone wanted to get into the sector because the growth outlook was so strong, funding debt was so achievable and so low with low interest rates and now it's so high. So without um, profitability on the horizon, it's a hard one to buy. We have a strong buy on a company like this. But we do have a spec buy because there is a lot of growth outlook and a lot of it's in the right place at the right time given its um, 5G network. They're in the rollout of the commercialization phase of that 5G network. And they also have um, the company, obviously we're moving into a cloud gaming services era in, in the world and in Australia. Um, we're looking for the next gen network. So 5G is exactly where you want to be operating. The company operates there. So profit, with profitability on the horizon down the track, um, until we get there, it's um, yeah, it's a spec for that reason. But it is a company in the right place at the right time in terms of providing 5G network for online gaming, cloud services, and 
the AI movement and hype, as Howard said earlier in the show. Okay, fantastic. Let's uh, just do a quick summary of the second uh, five stocks of the day. So, electro optic systems. So, basically, we have a spec buy from Grady and we have a pass from Howard, an unprofitable company. Looking at Brickworks, we have a buy, a rating from Grady on that one. And I think, Howard, it was fair to say that it could possibly be a buy yeah. for you with a pop in the draw. Fantastic. Yeah, that is our second double buy for the day. And I think we're about to go to our third double buy of the day, which is mineral resources. So both the guests really liking uh, the company. Uh, some of the, the, the concern, I suppose, is the fact that it does have a lot of uh, debt. Um, but uh, Howard was just making the point because the, the, the company, Chris Ellison, may look to divest some assets. So a double buy from Grady and Howard on that one. Bigger cheese, a buy from a Grady, strong company there. Howard, though, just doesn't want to move into this space. Very happy to buy the cheese, but not the stock. And Pentanet, unfortunately, unprofitable for Howard, so he wouldn't buy. And a speculative buy there from a Grady. Okay, thank you both, Howard. Lovely to uh, have you in the studio, Grady. Lovely to see you via Skype. Enjoy the rest of your trip over in Perth. So thank Thanks you so, so much. much for joining us. And any stocks Thanks you'd like me. us to cover, go to osbiz.co forward slash callpix or tweet us at osbiz uh, TV. But stick around because the pulse, of course, is coming up next. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.